Okay, gents, this week we are going to be talking... Well, actually, you two don't know what we're going to be talking about. I'm massively putting you on the spot. So if you are listening or watching, this could be an interesting episode. I'm going to put these guys on the spot. But they are an absolute fountain of investing in property knowledge, these two guys. So I'm not scared. Some people are scared about AI, but I've used AI in this one to find out what are the biggest myths about buying property investments in the UK. And that is exactly what I've asked artificial intelligence. So let's go through them. Let's discuss them, see whether AI is right. Does chat know its thing? And are these the big myths around property investing? Are they true? Are they not? And I think people that are watching or listening will probably take a lot of value away because we're going to turn it from a computer's answer into real life answers. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Are you okay with that? Let's do it. I have no see idea what, what that meant. Let's go. Okay. Well, it's a bit late. Ask us and we'll see where we get to. It's a bit late if you're not because we are recording. So <laughs> <laughs> here we go. So the first part of myth busting is that you need a large deposit to get a buy-to-let property. Mm. Depends what they mean by large deposit. Everyone's got a different definition of large. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> straight facts on this yeah, podcast. Straight, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it depends where you're going to buy and how much you're going to you're going to pay for it. Large deposit. Yeah, you're going to need about thirty percent plus. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're buying in Kensington, that is a large deposit. Is this recording going out this week? Yeah. Well, as of this week, in that case, uh, the Santander Bank have issued a rate for 4.95% and that is with a 40% deposit. And that typically speaking, I would say at the moment to make the rental prices stack up is what people are looking at if they want to buy a buy-to-let. It used to be 25%. You could probably get around it a little bit if you were doing a HMO or you just massively got lucky with a, a rental yield. But typically speaking at the moment, it's about 60% loan to value, isn't it? To, to get For the decent rates, yeah. yeah. To, to get the stress test done, at least, I think that's probably what we're looking at. So I would say that classifies as large in my eyes. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, you need a fairly large deposit at the moment to get a decent buy to let. Fact. Yeah. Fact. Okay. Done. That is Tick. a myth. Well done, chat GPT. <laughs> you got that one right. Properties will always appreciate. Mike? No. False. Are we evidence will not of always. that at the moment? Yeah. I mean, if you bought something a year ago, it's probably gone down in value. If you averaged out all properties across the UK, you might have done well, you might not have done. Depends how much you paid for it. Uh, depends what state it was in. Depends if you put money into it. All those questions go into it. But just like any other investment, house prices go up and down. They just tend to go up a lot more than they go down. Yeah, I spoke to, I spoke to a landlord a few days ago looking to sell her one-bedroom apartment in Bracknell. And she's actually lost money on it if she was going to sell it right now. So we've agreed to sort of rent it, rent out again. So When did she buy? Uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's just not a short-term game, is it? You know, you can get lucky. I think if you'd have bought a property just before COVID, 2019, and then you decided in 2022 you wanted to make a move, you'd have been winning at life. Yeah. You know, you'd have timed that perfectly well as a as an investor or just a property owner. But then obviously it flips around a little bit. And I don't know, maybe asking prices 10%. And if you look at Land Red, just think it says about 5% over the last 12 months that prices have gone down. But... You've yeah, probably you've got, to, you've got to look at the individual cases as well. You, you bought a, a 
a flat in a big building with with cladding on it that now has to be mm. pulled off are totally unsellable mm. um until that cladding is sorted out so yeah. there's there's individual cases that yeah you don't make money out of property yeah absolutely uh number three this is for you mike you mention this all the time it's easy passive income easy in mm. capitals is it passive income no why is it not Oh, you want a reason? Okay, I was just going to go straight in. <laughs> Shall I give you what chat's reason it's, is? It, okay. Yeah, it says managing a property can be time-consuming and come with unexpected costs. It's not always a pass, always as passive as it seems. Yeah, the one thing that's missed is you're dealing with people. You're not just buying a property because mm-hmm. the property obviously is an inanimate object. But if you have tenants in that property, you're a person dealing with people and a person is relatively never passive if you need to know what inanimate means you can also ask chat yeah do you know what it means no. me neither i'll ask chat <laughs> i'll ask chat later or maybe or now? maybe mike not right now. now do a live well i don't want to lose <laughs> lose the information i've got here so In part two, we teach you yeah. how to spell your your and your <laughs> <laughs> i've got grammarly for that ai is building all over my life at the moment following LinkedIn, you know what i mean <laughs> uh location doesn't matter andy um, it says location is a is crucial in property investment. A desirable area can lead to better rental income and potential capital appreciation. Yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? If you've got somewhere in, say, Ascot compared to somewhere in Camberley, you're probably going to get a lot more rental money in Ascot compared to compared to Cam- uh, Camberley. So. Yeah, I, th- I think it does. You've obviously got as well, if you've got properties that are close to city centres, train stations, transport links, all of that sort of stuff, that's going to demand a higher yeah. rental value. That's going to appeal to more people. Um, so, yeah, I think it does matter. Yeah, there's, there's houses being sold for a pound in some places in the northwest. So, what do you reckon they rent for? Well, not a lot. Um, <laughs> If they're being given away um, to to get them off someone's liabilities, then then of course it matters because I'm sure that house costs more than a pound to build. So mm-hmm. effectively, it's eroded in value down to nothing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you can compare it to London as well. If you've got a property in London compared to anywhere else, it's going to demand a a lot more, a lot more of a premium. So I, re- I read an article once which said in the same in the year that my parents moved to Wokingham. And they did that with a huge mortgage down back in the early uh, late eighties. Houses in Wokingham had the same average price as they did in Kensington. Wow, which still blows my mind now. Wow. So you know, fast forward that thirty years, I think my parents' four bedroom house is worth about the same as a studio flat in Kensington. Yeah, they do say location, location, location. Yeah, that's it. You mentioned London. It was a very nice plug. Uh, number five, you can't invest in London. Um, you could if you bought a, yeah. a flat in Kensington thirty yeah. years ago. <laughs> and his his reason behind it is that it's become too expensive to make it work, and that obviously there's opportunities for property investment in the city, but they might require a different approach to get the finance. So it's basically mm. saying it's it's priced itself out of the market. But it depends whose market. I mean, yeah. London, from an overseas investment perspective, is still seen as the safest money in the world. Yeah. 
So if you're overseas and you've got millions of pounds in the bank, you work into a slightly different economic constraint. Yeah. Putting money into London property is just it's just a no brainer. Yeah, you've still got masses of investment opportunities within London. It might just be a different type of person or investor that invests in that. And there's different types of London. Like London yeah. has got its own microclimates, hasn't yeah. it? So you can't really say London in its own right. You know, you've got the city centre, you've got the suburbs, mm. you've got west, east, north, south. It's yeah. all totally different, isn't Hundreds it? Hundreds of individual towns within London, yeah. Yeah. What um, score are we on now? How well is it doing? It's actually pretty much spot on because yeah. it's saying these are the myths and then it's giving a valid answer. Not with a lot of detail. That's why we're doing the podcast to give people the detail, but... It's not bad, actually, to be fair. I'm giving chat credits here. And you're linking them very nicely because Mike just said about safe investments. And number six is property is always a safe investment. Like any investment, property carries risks. Economic turndowns or changes in the market conditions can affect property values. I'm on that. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that because even if the property value drops, Generally, rent will go in the opposite direction mm. and increase if property values are dropping. And even if the property value drops, you've still got the bricks and mortar there. I sat yeah. and watched a program on, was it FX, TFTX, the trading uh, Bitcoin platform? FTX, that is not something yeah. that I'm going to watch, if I'm honest with that you. That was not a safe investment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, given the choice of, uh, of throwing my money into uh, a... a, a 20-something-year-old Americans trading platform that's a totally unregulated or buying a house around the corner from, from my own family home. I know which one I'm doing for safe. Yeah, and I suppose it depends on your goals as well, doesn't it? Long-term investment, short-term investment. Yeah. You know, that all sort of adds, adds to it, really. I think that it's what's it versus safe in mm -hmm. comparison to what? Mm. Because Under the mattress. Yeah. You know, if you look at safe as a, as a kind of scout for property investing, it's fairly safe to invest normally in your local area, even if you haven't invested, because you kind of know the good area from the bad area, the reasons why someone might want to rent there. You can't not let a property at the moment. The market is yeah. just crazy. You've, you've done something massively wrong if you can't find a tenant. But knowledge comes into it. You know, We've just been on the phone to some estate agents that do a lot of rental properties for NHS staff in Yorkshire, You know, up, up north. And then I've spoke to... A particular mortgage advisor that's been on this particular podcast that said never invest in anything that is north of Birmingham. So you know, never, never, never. never. I won't say who. Can we be get them both on a podcast and just, yeah. just let them go? I don't know who would win, but I would want to see it. So. <laughs> <laughs> we can make it happen. Um, so yeah, that that's quite an interesting take on it. But I think knowledge comes down to it at the end of the day that's why you talk to someone you get some advice you know if you're going to make an investment if you're going to part with money in any way mm -hmm. you need some trust some proof don't you it is yeah it is what it is up to you to make the common sense decision you need to, you need to do your research don't you and not just jump straight into yeah. it not knowing yeah anything about it dave, no. down, dave down the pub's bought six flats in lincoln i'm in yeah oh that sounds good yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's go and copy yeah. him yeah this is an interesting one. It says, yeah, you, you must buy locally. Uh, you know, in terms of buying locally in your immediate area, we've just kind of debunked that. So we're kind of linking these nicely. Renting is always profitable. Renting out of property doesn't guarantee profits. Expenses like maintenance yeah. 
vacancies in tenancies and taxes can eat rental income. Fair? Yeah, tax is the tax is the big one because you can get taxed on a loss at the moment, which seems counterintuitive, but you can because the tax man will look at the the the, gro the gross rent as as income mm. Mm. and you get taxed on that. So yes, you can make a loss and you can get taxed on that loss. So you have to be very careful with what you're doing. They are chats, myth busting answers, which. I thought it was quite good. It's quite a good way to actually get through and see the reason why AI give those answers because they're the questions that are being asked across most of the social programs. So they're the common questions. So giving the answers to that is great. Generally speaking, though, market-wise at the moment, you know, in summary, I know we gave a bit of a market update, but in summary at the moment, we need more landlords, don't we? You know, the market needs more landlords. And Rishi last week, obviously, tried to do a few little things, you know, with government to try and potentially ease the fear factor of what was to come with the renters reform bill. I think we'll probably do a full podcast on that, will we, at some point? Yeah, we will do because there's a lot, there's a lot not happening at the moment with the renters reform bill. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with no no second reading, not in, even in conversation. As I said on podcasting, it's a couple of weeks ago now that there's a there's a limit to when that second reading can be had which is 7th of november it's not done by then and it's not forming part of the king's speech where he outlines what government are going to do over the next sort of 12 months the process may have to start again so we're sort of back to square one go through it all again probably my thoughts are is that they've put a hold on it because some of the stuff that came out and some of the things that are going on in the media and landlords exiting because that's one of the reasons why they're exiting um I think they're sort of running back on it now and, and thinking about it twice and have to change some things to to benefit tenants and to benefit landlords rather than it being 80% sort of yeah. one-sided really. Um, but I was saying to Mike in, in the podcast where we were just giving our, giving our market update that, you know, the EPC changes are great for landlords. It probably wasn't the main reason why landlords were exiting. Renters reform bill, obviously we don't know what's going to happen with that. But again, that was just a, a, a reason there. But probably one of the main reasons is due to the tax side of things for, mm. for, for landlords and losing out financially that way. So we'll have to see what Rishi does, whether he does something with that, whether they change the renters reform bill. In my opinion, they still need to do a, li a little bit more to keep these landlords in, in place because... You know, demand for rental properties up 50% compared to last year. The supply's not matching it. So and they were high last year. Yeah. So they need to do something mm -hmm. to, to, to balance that out. What they'll do, I don't know. Who knows? We're watching, we, a property, we know. we're watching a property video that you just recorded for a place that's up for let. Yeah. And I said to you, I remember going to that with Mike actually 18 months ago. You know, quirky, lovely property. And just asked you the question 18 months later, what's the change in rental? Uh, when Mike put it on the market and I helped him with the video, it was sixteen fifty. It's going on for nineteen fifty. Yeah, it'll let on the weekend, right? No problem. At yeah, all. no problem at all. That's the market that we sit in, and we need more properties. So, you know, if you are a property investor or you want to invest or you want to join venture with people, you just want to get involved. What property will work for me and your goals? Get in contact with us because there is an open goal market out there for people at the moment. Rents are reducing, uh, rates, I should say, mortgage rates are reducing. They have been for six or seven weeks now. Yeah. And we're seeing sub 5% as well. 
I think they'll continue to go down. I think we'll probably do a podcast at some point based on should people be trackers? Should people be two-year fixed, five-year fixed? We'll do a bit of an open kind of chat. Maybe get a mortgage advisor on for that one as well to get their opinion on things. But there's a lot of conversation that could be had with people that have got the money to invest to take advantage at the moment because there are some sellers out there selling really well-priced properties that would make great investments mm. that we would let in a heartbeat. Well, Mark, you've, you've found a few recently, haven't you, that have been on the market speaking to an investor. And, you know, that's, that's where he's putting his money. So, you know, there's still property out there that you can be that can be had at a great price. Mm. And like you said, rates coming down, rental prices going up, bargains out there to, to be had if you know where to look. Yep. I know where to look, speak to the right people that are that are in that industry and that can find you that bit mm. of property sourcing. Um, and we can make it work. Yes. It's, it's just getting that guidance and, and taking that first step in getting that guidance rather than, you know, just seeing the opinion of things that you read in the news or here in the media and and taking that as as sort of gospel really well in this podcast we've covered ai mike's parents and the renters reform bill a little trilogy that we thought we may, may never put together but we have done so until next week thank you for everyone that listened and watched